What it do, DMV? It is episode 25 already of Chirpin' DMV. Uh, we've got a loaded episode again for you guys today. we got an interview with Dante Abercrombie. That's a nice long one, so let's call that part one because that's about 40 minutes. So let's go around the room. Let's say what's up, KP. How you doing? How was your weekend? It was good, man. Unfortunately, the Nats lost a couple games, but uh, still a good weekend. Great time. Lost a couple games. You were down in um, Gettysburg? Yeah. Doing a little camping? Yeah, doing some camping, checking out some Civil War history. Good time up there. I mean, did, nice weather. Did you learn weekend. anything? No, I could mean, I already drop, know it all. So. Could you drop yeah, a fun fact for... You probably learned it all from uh, that episode in The Office where they go to the Gettysburg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a good episode to watch. Learn a lot I mean, from that one. Do we get any Gettysburg fun facts to start the episode yep. for the people? Gettysburg is located in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> wow, there you have it, folks. Gettysburg. <laughs> learned today. There you go. Wow, interesting. Nice. A.B., what's happening? Uh, not much. We had a bar crawl up in Fed Hill this week, so Saturday, right? Yeah. So that was uh, that was a good time. There you go. Yeah, I spent Saturday in D.C. down Uh-oh. there. Went down by the park, watched a little bit of the Nats game. Well, I watched the whole Nats game. Wasn't too happy about it, and then had a night. So yeah, how many how many tweets have you guys seen where they're going back to the Tampa Bay versus Caps series for this whole? Nats there's a lot of right referencing. Now? Well, yeah, the two, a lot three, of similarities two. between the Caps and the Nats right now. With the Caps going up 2-0, then down 3, and then winning the last two. And also, we saw some boobs in Game 5 of the oh. Caps Stanley Cup. We saw some boobs in <laughs> <laughs> Game some 5 of the World DC Series. Boobs. <laughs> yep. Some DC boobs came out. Um, we'll get to all that at the end of the episodes because we want to get into hockey, some, to some hockey stuff right now. So, boys, I think we should start it. Let's, let's run down this scoreboard here. All right, boys. The Caps fly into a fire pit as they take on the Calgary Flames. Johnny Norris Carlson starts the scoring as he continues to be a flame himself. That Carlson is so hot right now. The Flames would tie it up for a whole 10 seconds, but OV says not today with his seventh of the season. 30-tuck Tom and the Norris Trophy leader add two more. Caps put out a fire 5-3. You can see this one coming from your mom's basement. Caps give up a third period lead and, and too many Russians in OT. McJesus doesn't like that. Caps blow it. 4-3. Uh, 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 that's the sound of Canucks choking away a four-goal lead as Kemper and Kuzi would each sniff the back of the net twice. Captain America TJ Oshie would paralyze Markstrom in the shootout, leaving him wounded and unable to stop. The Caps says Backstrom would seal the comeback with a shootout winner. Caps win the 6-5. The Black Bears host Michael Scott's Wilkes-Barre Scranton Knights. The Knights take six penalties in the second period, and the Bears take advantage as Wilmer Valderrama Scoo goes apple-picking and finds three of them as he chirps yo-mama jokes at the Dunder Mifflin Knights. Black Bears win 5-2. Champs stay champs. The Bulldogs aren't afraid of no Hornets. Pulling off a shutout, 4-0. The cadets would set up for it and defend their home barn from the invading Cardinals of Calvert Hall, but these Redbirds proved to be flightless as St. John's would fire away for seven en route to a victory in a 1-0 start in the MAPHL opener. The Colonials of George Washington commandeer the midshipmen's battleship and quite easily once and quite easily I might add. Once again, another college hockey team outscores the Washington Redskins as the Colonials put up a 10 spot and they defeat Navy 10-3. Talk about another Navy team. Navy D1 brings out the brooms on the weekend sweep. 
midshipman looking to get hot back in the chirping DMV power rankings. Tickets here. Get your tickets. The Smith Show's in town. Cam Smith would put on a show this weekend with eight goals in two games where the Patriots would defeat the Vulcans. What the fuck? Nine to four and then travel to take on the number three Mustangs with revenge on their minds. Smith Show gives the people what they want five times as Mason rolls uh, to beat the Stangs 9-2 for their sixth straight victory. And there you have it. Scoreboard round, uh, baby, week three. Is that week three of doing it? So yeah, it's getting a little happen. better. So with all that being said, uh, being said, we will start this episode with some Capitals talk. All right, so to kick it off, let's go with some news and notes regarding the Caps. Uh, let's start here. Capitals legend, Stanley Cup champion, Devontae smith Pelly has signed in the KHL with the China Bay's... Kunlun Red Star, so on that team, former Cap Woltek Wolski and David Bondra, Peter Bondra's son. So DSP has found a home in China in the KHL. Yeah, hopefully he tears it up out there. Yeah, at least he's playing again. I mean, getting on a competitive team and that's something to kickstart you. Yeah, I mean, you see, I mean, you see a lot. You can of, know, there's guys that come back to the NHL for sure. Yeah, you see, you see it happen all the time. They go over to. I mean, look at Wolski. He's over, he's over in the KHL right now. He's trying to, you know, just he just wants to. He, trying to get some money at, at some point get some money yeah. play good hockey um obviously things didn't work out this year after we cut him in the offseason then he had a pto with the flames played i think four regular se- or preseason games with him i'm sorry yeah um lowest shot shot total from any of the forwards on that team just wasn't playing well so they cut him but in the khl now dc legend yeah. as i mentioned caps legend will always be a legend and then last bit of news here we got here is tsn's pierre lebrun states that apparently contract talks with Holtby and backstrom have stalled a bit um so there's a good chance that they don't they don't get brought back up until um much later in the season yeah um which do you think that'll be brought up during the season or after they're done? Well, there's a couple factors that kind of play into it. Obviously, you have to let the season play out for both of those players. Um, LeBron stated in the tweet or whatever that you, those are two guys you consider legacy players. Right. Because, yes, they've won us a cup, but they've also been through this organization since they were professional hockey players. Yep. And they've never been anywhere else. So, But you take into the season, see what happens, um, especially for Holpe. See how his because you know what Backstrom's going to do. Right. He's already doing it, um, but you got to see what the goalie session is. Think or how that goes down too. Obviously, you got you want to wait a bit, see if there's any rumblings on the salary cap next year. See what happens with that. If that can maybe go up a bit, then that will let us play with some stuff. Because well, why would we? It w- I mean, it'll go up a little bit, but it, when it really is going to jump up is CBA talks. Exactly. So, um, man, which is uh, like what two, three years down the road, I think. Yeah. So, but just the fact of you got to think about it. I mean, if you let go of Holpe, you're letting go of your franchise goalie, and that will change the entire complexion of your franchise because he's been here since technically 2011 but started playing in, like, 2014 as a starter. So we've gotten five, no, he, he, six good years out of him. He started – he he became a starter after 2012 because that, that was the – Yeah, he started, but wasn't he kind of still splitting time with, like, Halak? Maybe I don't think you. I don't think so. I think after that Varlamov son, I thought I he that just Bruins that Bruin series, series. He just we just kind of rolled with him. I, yeah, I think we rolled with them and yeah. gave him the reins. Yep. Yeah, but I mean, you think about it. He, well, that even better states my point because that's right. 2013, and you think of how long he's been consistent in that with us. Yep. And then if you think about before him, between him and I would say Kolzik as our two franchise goalies, you've had a smorgasbord of Cristobal yeah. Huey and Theodore Varlamov, and that goalie carousel doesn't do you any good really all right it's 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 very um 
it's like parallel with the quarterback carousel in in yep. football basically like, like if, skins are doing yeah <laughs> with like, a new qb every year you're just not going to be good if you're if you're in that carousel yeah so take that into account um all of that i t- i mean i still think they're going to try to get both done i hope he wants to stay backstrom's probably more important which would you rather? That's that's what I was gonna ask. Backstrom probably. Yeah, that Backstrom's definitely. If you for me. held a gun to my head and say Backstrom or Holpe, I'll say Backstrom. Yeah. Ten times out of ten. Especially with uh, who we agree. got behind Holpe. I mean. Yeah, he's, he kind of can let go Backstrom with we'll a little get more into ease. Him. Yeah, we'll that. get into him. So let's get into it. We've missed. Are oh, there are three games in the time between we last recorded and this episode? So let's start with it. It's that Western Canadian uh, road trip. Three games last week for the Caps. So Caps Flames. We talked about it on last week's episodes. I think I asked you guys what which game would be the most impressive victory um, for the Caps on this road trip, and you both said Calgary. No, I said Edmonton. By the way, did you? Yeah, I thought you. I know Kyle definitely said Calgary. Yeah, he said Flames. So I mean, so that's Kyle's Kyle's game to watch. So the Caps went out, got the five three victory. That was the fourth straight win. Uh, that would did get us to five and one on the road this season. So let's just kind of go through it goal by goal. Per usual, Carlson starts the scoring shot from the boards. He just kind of came down the, that right wall right there, got a puck that was flying around from a nice TJ Oshie and Ovechkin give and go. That yeah, that was a great a little wide. That was a great entry zone by uh, Oshie and Ovi right there, and they just miss a uh, backstrom back door on. It was there. like an Ovi like behind the pass or between the legs pass yeah. or something, and then he Ovi just sends it maybe right over backstrom's stick. Yep, that's um, a great play right there. So. He gets that, gets the assist from Ovi and Osha. That's Carly and Ovi's eighth straight game with a point, and that was 35 seconds into the second period, so we had a first period of nothing going on. Um, two minutes later, we were just watching the goal again. Stevenson, he'll, he kind of goes behind the net, chases that puck down Kyle. He puts pressure on the goalie, gets the puck, scores it out front, I think trying to hit Leipzig in the slot, and then bounces off of Flames' yep. foot, and we're in. Yeah, it's awesome. Pucks Just throw pucks to the net, man. I mean... Sometimes yeah, you get not? the lucky bounces and especially with Camp, uh, Camp Talbot is that was that who was in goal for them I think yes yeah Talbot. And, that, and that was he's looking a little shaky at that yep. point he just let in that John Carlson little blooper yep I mean yeah he lets up on, two bloops in like a minute and a half right good on um, us so. Less than a minute later, Lindholm and the Flames get on the board. Um, then with about three and a half minutes left, they would tie it. Uh, and boom, it's another two-goal lead blown. Uh, but this time we're still in the second period at least. <laughs> Only lasted for 10 seconds. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah. yes, that's right. Our GOAT, our, our savior, Ovi, 10 seconds later off the draw. Uh, Ovi backs from 2-on-1, and boom, we are right back in the game. That's Ovi's 346 multi-point game in his career. Not bad. You love to see it. Not bad. So 30-goal Tom, like A.B. mentioned in the rundown, uh, in the third period, 26 away now from that 30. Goes five-hole. Nice feed by Eller. And then who else but John Carlson? What ice to flames, baby. Uh, he got that empty net goal, making him the fourth defenseman in NHL history to register 20 or more points in October. Patting those stats any way he can. I mean. And he did it with like 10 days left. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's seven multi-point games in the last 11 for him. Not bad. I mean, and how many have been three MVP point nights? Norris. How many three? Oh, there's a couple that have been three point nights sprinkled yeah. in there too, which is insane. Uh, but yeah, two goals. Um, so overall thoughts on the win versus the Flames that yeah, gets us two points win. to start the road I mean, trip. I thought it was a tough matchup still, and we we pulled it out. I think it's a big win against the Flames against a Western Conference team who's always at the top. Yeah, we got a. Uh, I mean. You get a little lucky uh, seeing a shaky goalie like that. Yeah, but, I mean, first couple goals, but after that, I feel like it was... Yeah, obviously one that's going to happen, too. Uh, I kind of thought 
that Calgary, I thought Calgary gave us like one of their better games. I thought they played actually pretty well. There were some moments where they had a it was good game. game. I mean, that first period was just back and forth the whole and, time. Right, yeah. and it was just one of those games where the Caps kind of just, like with their experience, just find a way to win. Which they can do. They yeah. can win games. Like we talk a lot of shit on this team sometimes, but yep. this team has the ability to just straight up win a game yeah. if need be. And that's what we said, me and like my dad actually last year we talked about it. Um, we said that last year they never really looked great throughout the entire season, but they always they just kept winning and they always just found ways to win, which is actually like almost a better quality to have anyway. Yeah, you're just not come, blowing teams out and yeah, come playoff playing time. above your potential or roster or whatever it may be, especially with some of these teams. Yep. Um, but yeah, so Holtz kicks away 32 at 35. That's his third straight win in that streak. He's had a 233 goals against average, a 925 save percentage. Um, we mentioned that Carlson goal is an empty netter. He made it 5-2. Flames would get one back. And you know what that did? That made Tom Wilson's goal the game winner, which makes two games in a row that Tom Wilson has scored a game-winning goal look at, up to that Calgary look game. Look at Tommy. 30 Tuck Tom is coming. 30 Tuck way. Tom has got two game-winners in a row. Nope. Started off that road trip with a bang, beat the Flames 5-3. We're feeling good. Two nights later, it's off to the 7-1-1 Oilers, um, a game we were all excited about because, I mean, come on, it's McDavid, it's Ovi. Um, especially at the start, there was a couple shifts where they were matched up against each other and Ovi was just um, playing tag with them pretty much, just running each other around and it was pretty fucking sweet to see so yep. Oilers would get the only goal of the first but it came uh, but come to the second it would be Vrana unassisted we got a 1-1 game that was his fourth of the year uh, so he'd collect a rebound and just kind of throw a little 360 shot uh, at the net which has seemed to be the theme of the past or between that game and the Calgary game we're just putting pucks on that yeah he's just throwing at the net he's uh, he's basically along the half wall yeah and, I mean uh, yeah, just... the two goals that started the Calgary game pucks on net yep this game Vrana Pucks, Pucks on, on that, baby. Put it in his Beautiful. feet and crash. So, um, another game, another goal by the GOAT. Ovi gets his eighth off a beautiful deflection uh, at the top of the crease from Siegenthaler shot. And, by the way, secondary assist, John, John Carlson, Carlson, baby. Fucking keep running it up. So, that one got Ovi and Carly both to a um, nine-game point streak. I mean, you kind of don't think about the streaks while you're watching the game, but you're just like, oh, yeah. I guess he scored again. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he got another assist. And it's awesome kind of expected him to do that. Yep. Uh, it's And, again, that's another uh, just throwing pucks on net from the point at Ovi. Yeah, just honestly, right Ovi's right outside of the crease and just gets a beautiful deflection down between the legs. So uh, it would be the GOAT times two. Uh, Ovi power play, 250th power play goal at the 3-1 lead. We're feeling great. Um from the office of time and space, dude. Yeah, I mean, he got that puck. It was a beautiful backhand pass from Wilson. Finds Ovi in the crease alone, doesn't one-time it, literally sits there and head shakes, and then just bar down yep. with an insane ping to it. Lethal shot. He just he just stood there, and um, what, what the hell is that goalie's name? K-something. Koskinen. Koskinen. When they talked about it in the first period, I think it was, that was his first ever game against Ovechkin, or Ovi's first game against that goalie, and I was like, that's... That's going to fare well yeah. for Ovechkin. This I mean, he, new goalie has never seen Ovi before. This is, seems like one of those random games at the beginning of the season where Ovi's just going to torch this dude. Yeah, that's that slight hesitation by Ovi on that goal. Like made it was like a simple leg kick, freeze. a little head nod, and it made the goalie free. He just dropped long enough, and Ovi just opened over his shoulder. Yep. So quickly like that. So 3-1 uh, going into the third. We're feeling good. And then it was, like we mentioned last week again, the McDavid and Dreisaitl show. So, so this is how it went. Dreisaitl from McDavid to make it 3-2. McDavid ties it at 3-3. And then who else but Dreisaitl from McDavid 
in overtime. So two on one on Holpe had no chance. Uh, Holpe does get peppered with 40 shots that game. Turns away 36 of them. Yeah, he played well. Uh, What did we say last week when we were going into this Edmonton game? Don't go to overtime. (laughs) We're going to get throttled if we go to overtime. Going to overtime, McDavid's going to kill you. Two goal lead, worst lead in hockey, I mean. Yep. Worst lead in DC. Yeah, th- just third period leads. <laughs> I mean, two nothing leads. Two nothing. Two nothing leads. Don't two nothing yeah. leads. Not looking don't good last DC. in DC. But that's just another. I mean, the Caps keep winning, but we're blowing leads. It's not good. Yeah. You can't keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else. But yeah, hope like you said, hope he played great. I mean, he's I been like, on the streak. He's. I don't know if that's like a. If that's just like a team issue thing that like they gotta have like a players only meeting about that, sh- I mean, but they they're still finding ways to win again. That like I was saying earlier, so they're it's not like they're hitting a panic button about it, but you gotta think that the coach Todd Reardon is saying something about dude guys stop with the fucking blowing these leads. Honestly, like. It's whenever like we don't get shots in like the third period. Also, well, a lot of I was times just looking at our shots, that game the Oilers had forty shots to our twenty-eight. Anytime we get shot at, outshot that bad, like, we always well, seem it's just to lose. well reading the stats too. We are, we're outscoring opponents like twenty-four to six in the second period this year, and then our third period is just atrocious. Yeah, it's yeah, like third period the shots bus. were fourteen. It's like, all right, nine. we got a little bit of a not a little bit of a lead. We're good. Let's just kind of sit back. Yeah, it's like they're parking the bus, like they're playing soccer or something. Yeah, they're like, parking the bus like it's a playoff game like, yeah. in October. Right. It's like how about we just keep doing what the hell we're doing for 40 minutes. Right, yeah. Finish the game out. You've, you've and even on that one, hope he got out left, got left out to dry. The majority of the time of the defense, I mean, the two on one in overtime, it's McDavid and Drysaddle coming down, uh, two on one, and it's who Orlov that just kind of like lays. Yeah, out he lays and, down. I mean, he's in a two on one, so kind of bad spot. He just kind of lays down, and obviously McDavid's like, okay. We're well, probably you. looking at those two coming down the barrel of a gun at you and you're like well, yeah. well we're fucked I mean yeah <laughs> KP said it in I hope his, he's probably uh, thinking this is not going well KP, unless they missed the net KP said it in his rundown I mean you have two Russians out there oh, I mean Orlov obviously he's, he's a solid defender I mean OV's I mean I have nothing against the Russians just the Russians in OT and three they on never three, seem to work out yeah and three on three if there's two of them <laughs> out there it's not going to fare well for you they're not the greatest in defense not we had game. zero shots in OT. Somebody check our one. stats department. We don't have one. Um, how many overtime games have we lost this year already? Two? I two, or two, two or three. Um, yeah, I think it's two. I want to say we're eight, two and two, maybe right now. Yeah, we've lost two. One okay. in Carolina and then But that still, but the, both of those were two goal leads going into the third period. Yep. And then we get out there. I couldn't tell you who was on the ice for the um Carolina won. I want to say Ovi. Uh, Nashville, we had a two-goal lead, and we just lost in regulation. (laughs) (laughs) We just lost right away on that one. Oh, I'm sorry. There was a third one in Dallas. Okay, right. Which was another lead, I think. Yeah. Um, That that was one in D.C. where Sagan came down and won it in OT. So, with that game, we'll bring it back. We couldn't do it last week because the Caps didn't lose a single game, but you blown two-goal third-period lead. It's going to make for some pretty good Unleashed to Fury. So let's uh, get into that a bit. It's Fury! All right, Unleashed to Fury. Let's get to some tweets here, some Facebook comments, some Instagram comments from the lovely Caps fans around the DMV. First one I saw that I'll like slash retweet says, do everything with every time is the Michael Scott gif of him just going, I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, I'm going to kill myself. I use that. No no word said it, they just use that. I I use that gif 
like probably four or five times a day. Or I could use it like four or oh, five times yeah. a day. Everything, it's anything so bad happens. It's like, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> like every so that one gets my vote. I love it every time I see it. Um, the next one. This was the saddest group of old men playing pickup hockey I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I mean they're old, but they're not that old. Yeah, they? it's like <laughs> I mean, OV is the oldest one. I mean, the rest of them are young. So come on. It is what it is. Get a new chart, buddy. Um, Hopey is not a good goalie anymore. Makes Sammy the starter, and somebody teach Backstrom how to shoot a puck. So That's exactly the guy that would say that stuff, but as soon as Hopey does really well or Backstrom does really well, he's all for him. Right. He's loving him. That's, that's that, also a guy, that guy. That that's also the guy that doesn't know what he's watching. Is Holpe bailed like bailed us out a couple of a times lot of times in that, in that game? Like, are you fucking kidding me? But like, if we go by his logic, hear me out though. Both will be cheaper at the end of the year. True. True. So I love our I love bad, our yeah. spin zone. Whenever. Um. Next one. Pathetic pieces of shit. Whole L O L O L O L O L B. Oh my! Like how? L O L. Like, what is he supposed to do on that two on one? Yeah, it's. We talked about it just a couple minutes ago. I mean, Orlov kind of has to make a decision. He laid down, but like I said, you stare down the barrel of that gun right there with McDavid and Drysaddle coming. You're kind of like, if they not, don't miss the net, yeah, then it's probably going in. in the league. <laughs> stop those two. Yeah, they'll I find mean, a way. Yeah, McDavid. It's he's the best player in the world for a reason. Like, I don't know. I just don't see where Holpe gets the heat. Based no, off I think he's been game. playing great as of late. Yeah. Um, this next one, I full heartedly agree with. Bring back trots or we riot. All right, I'm in. <laughs> I'm so in. I'm all in for that. I think about 80% start of the, the fan Facebook, base would be Start in. the Facebook event and Chirp and DMV will be there. Um, like this comment if you think we should send Orlov to the moon and never have him back. All right. No, I like Orlov, just yeah, not in OT. I'm not going to like that comment. That's I hate it. Like that's fucking Quit talking that's the worst. Like, he, what? <laughs> just send him because he got dusted on a two-on-one? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. He's still south. Um, I hate to do this, but it's all people talk about. So last one here. Hopey to waivers, please. Hopey to waivers? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hopey to the waiver wire, please. Oh, my God. The rest of the NHL is also asking for that. So let's not do that. Yeah, if we send Hopey to the waivers, it'll be like, all right, here's some money. Come win us a game. Jesus Come win us a cup. Christ, dude. That's the the worst take. I don't want... People seem really mad on Twitter, man. I don't want Jeez. it. I don't want it, but I want... I, well, at some point it's going to happen because it's a long season. We'll, we'll go through a drought. We'll win like... We'll lose like five or six or something. And then I'll be that's on the Holby train. when that's going to be good. <laughs> that's when all this is going to be good. And some of them may be even AB's tweets that he doesn't know. Probably. Old tweets. We dig them up and put them in. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. But we could, though. <laughs> Old tweets. Uh, honestly, uh, by the Chirpy Squad. Who said this? <laughs> Kyle in 2013 tweeted, "Trade Ovi." I mean, honestly, you could find some pretty good ones for me. I oh yeah, yeah. So there it is. So let's get into that last game of the road trip, Vancouver. It's a back-to-back um, to end the week. Uh, Samsonov gets to start. We've got three or four points so far on this road trip. We feel pretty good. Wow. Uh, we brought that up last week. I think. Uh, I we asked how many points would be a successful road trip, and I think we all agreed or at least four, at least probably five. Five is a good road trip, and this game would get us five. Yep, this game would get us five of the six. So, Kuzi opens the scoring off a pass from Vrana. They kind of find Vrana kind of finds him alone in the front right there. He just makes a quick little move and then puts it in, and then Vancouver would score five straight. Uh, one on a power play, one shorthanded, three in, or even uh, strength goals. And at that point, it's kind of like, hey, we are going to get throttled on the end of this back-to-back, throttled on the end of this road trip, yeah. and we're getting out of this with three points. 
Yeah, it, it didn't look great. <laughs> or four points, I'm sorry. I mean, there were a couple fluky bounces in there. Uh, I, one of the goals... Three. Fuck. It was on... Um, one of the goals, it was on a, it was on a power play, or on their power yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Siegenthaler, I don't know what the hell he's doing. The guy is... He's kind of driving... Not He's not driving like into the front of the net. It looks like he's either going to hold the puck and take it back around the net, mm-hmm. or he's going to try to force that pass through. He forced that pass through, which Siegenthaler needs to block like eight out of ten times. I mean, you know exactly where he's going to go with that puck if he doesn't, if he doesn't hold on to it. Why do we have him out on the PK? Yeah, it's a great question. Great question. Like, <laughs> it's a great question. And he's just he gets caught sliding, and he slides right from out like and leaves the, like the front of the net wide open, and then they just bury it. Yeah, it's the kind of mistakes you cannot have. Yeah. Uh, one of the goals, just awful goal by Samsonov. Uh, they they literally just threw it on net from like the blue line, and he just I don't know he just jammed him up. It's just he's a 22 year old goalie. Shit's gonna happen. Right. Our boy Beagle did get an assist on a shorthanded goal for them. Jay Beags. Jay Beags. Yeah, we love it. Don't like the goal. So yeah, it's five one at that point. I'm thinking, God damn it. I mean, it's two minutes left in the second period, and then the same thing. The theme of the three games is pucks on net. I mean, the puck bounces out to the hash marks, and Kuzi literally just turns and fires. Puts it on net with .6 left, and it goes in. Yeah, buzzer beater's huge, too. Uh, Builds confidence. That changes everything going into the yeah, for both teams. I'm, yeah, I always say don't let a goal up within the last two minutes of a period. Or the first two of the next one. Yeah. I mean, it changes both teams' mindsets. I mean, the Caps are going in, fucking down 5-1. It's a four-goal hole we got to crawl out of, and then boom, we just get a goal right there. 5-2. It's three-goal lead. It's we're a, like, right, a three-goal lead, and we're like, Damn, we and got then, 20 minutes to score three goals. with a two-goal game at yep. that point. And then we score early in the, within the first two minutes of the third period, and it's like, holy shit, it's a two-goal game. We have all period to do this. Yeah, so Kuzi, um, that gave him five on the year. Uh, then the third would come around, third period, Caps get out buzzing. I mean, it's a PK. It's Hathaway and Eller forechecking. Um, the puck pops out. Eller just kind of gets a stick on it and looks like it's saved, and then next thing you know, it's like coming out. The backside and it's in the net. Yep. Didn't leave the ice. Wasn't hard on it. Um, yeah. So that erased a two goal hole, or that erased a three goal hole now. And then so three minutes apart, we're down to Michael Kempney bombs away from the blue line Dude, twice. Kempney bombs, baby. Kempney bombs from the blue line Great twice. Apple from Haglin. I though. mean, yep. There you go. Ties it at five. Uh, just both exact same. He just gets it. He's walking back. He's walking back. He's striding that blue line and just lets him go on that. Showing. Neither were deflected, neither were tipped. They were both just straight cannons. Showing how crucial he is to this lineup. At that point, the the bench is going bananas. Everybody's going nuts. And it's like, awesome. We we're going to win this game. We might win this game <laughs> We're going to win this game. <laughs> yeah, we might win this game in regulation. Because there's still like six, seven minutes left. There's 12. Was there? There's 12 minutes. Oh, I'm thinking he scored like six, seven minutes in. So, yeah, there's 12 minutes left. I was like, cool, we might score like six more this period. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we like, raced a three-goal hole if we get an o- eight minutes. I was like, if we get an OV tuck, a Verona tuck, and a Wilson tuck before the end of this game? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, no goals in OT. Goes to a shootout. Uh, we send OV first. Uh, I mean, not OV. Oshi. The legend, obviously, he just paralyzes uh, the tendy. He scores. Samsonov turns away to a three. Backstrom comes down, wins it in the third round. Um, I'll pose this question to start uh, the recap of this game. Why keep Samsonov in after getting torched for five in the second period? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I I guess because Holpe played the night before, and you don't want to tire him out for the you end don't of the season at all. They, um, that's probably the most valid point. That, I, I, yeah, just let him ride the game out. That's the only thing I can really think of. Um, 
It's not somewhere late in the season where you definitely need the points where you want to switch the goalie to get the team some mojo. But. Right. And he, he had, I mean, two of those goals were kind of like, they were pretty soft, but like, well, the one was extremely soft. It's like, what the fuck were you doing, buddy? But, um, yeah, that's the only thing I can really think of. I mean... Good that he kept him in because that's going to build some confidence. Yeah. Leave, leave, like kept him in. Shows a little played, bit of trust. Played a little better and yeah. team came back. Shows yeah, he got the hard hat after the game or the Nats batting helmet. Samson Al did? Uh-huh. Wow, that's, that, that's how, a pity hard hat. That's, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's why I wanted to pose this question because I saw on Instagram him with the hard hat. I was like, did he deserve it though? He got uh, torched for five. Yeah. I in the know. first period and a half. That's that's yeah. um it's a pity hard hat. So right. yeah, valid point a, though, the coming another, off the back to back it's another one of those games find a way to win. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly Just what they did. Keep no chipping quit. away. No quit. Yeah. One goal at a time. So that actually tied the largest comeback in franchise history. That is the fifth time the Caps have come back down four goals. Uh and they've won all of them. So Caps have had two sets of back to back so far this season. Speaking of that, um this Vancouver and Edmonton game. Uh, in both of those, we've gotten three or four points. So 6-1-1 one, and one on the road this season. Um, and somehow, like we mentioned a couple episodes ago, we just tied the franchise record with wins in the month in October at eight. I mean, that's not bad. Apparently, bad like, start. Yeah, we're, I mean, yeah, I know we always start slow, but I guess we're just playing that much better this year to start the season. Yeah, and again, there's a lot of teams that are, like, fluctuating yeah. through that mid-tier, like, group right now where, like... In the power rankings right now, because usually we'll slug. We're like three. Yeah, Sabres, Bruins, and us. Yeah, so we'll like slug a big usually, and then like mid-November we'll start kicking it in gear, and yeah. I guess start climbing. So um, we also lead the goal, or we also lead the NHL in goals at forty-nine as a team. Yeah, because we scored five goals in the last like four <laughs> fucking games. Yeah, we're just lighting the lamp these past couple games. Because our the road trip actually started Sunday in Chicago. Yeah, technically, and it ends tonight. And Toronto. It does. Yeah, you're right. So right now, on this five game road trip, what are we standing at? Things are going well. We have. I mean, we're three and one. Three zero and one. Nine out of ten yeah. points. Seven. Seven out of eight. Seven out of eight. Yeah. Seven, seven out of eight. eight. So we'll take it. <laughs> I mean, yep. power play though. I think in these last three games has gone one for six. So something we still need to work on. Um, there it is. Recap of the last three games we missed. So let's start. Or let's get into it now. The stars of the week. Your capital star of the week. We'll start with AB. All right. Um, my star of the week. I'm going to go with uh, Kempney. Okay. Okay. Um, two goals in the comeback, and they're the last two goals. Uh, I mean, just tied the game up. He's, he's fucking he – he's filling out our entire roster, basically. Uh, he got two goals in the comeback, obviously, and uh, he also got an assist, so he got three points in three games. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, I'll go next. I got Ovi. Three goals, one assist, four points in those three games. Fifteen shots, seven hits. I mean, the goat is doing goat stuff. Yeah. He's out in the pasture. He's eating the hay. Yep. He's trimming the lawn. He's scoring goals. He's getting assists. He's banging bodies. He's doing it all, man. <laughs> the ghost just being the goat. Yeah. And he's on our way to catch Gretzky. So let's kick it over to Kyle. Last one, who you have your for, for your Capitals to well, star. Well, honestly, I was going to go with Kempney. And then my backup was definitely Ovi because he's been lighting the lamp. <laughs> Sorry. But I'm going to have to go with Backstrom as oh, my next guy okay. there just because how clutch it was in the shootout to get that two points for us. Yeah. I mean, I just think that was big to end, kind of end that little three-game road trip. I mean, I still know we got other games, but kind of get that extra point there. So I'm going to go with Backstrom being clutch. Uh, yeah, and he also made a puck disappear. 
Yes, he did. Like, yeah, that's I, kind of a shootout you got to win, right? Like if you go to shootout against Vancouver, you want, you're like, mm, to we do. should win this every time because who they have that's going to score on us. Jay Beagle's probably I going mean, like fifth form. Peterson. Yeah, but after that, after a couple guys, who's going fifth? Jay Beagle? Bo Horvath, Brock Besser. I mean, they got some good guys. Hughes, but yeah, but give me... JT Miller. Oshi Kuzi. JT Miller, Quinn Hughes. Vrana, Backstrom. Anybody but Ovi, really. <laughs> True. <laughs> Anybody but Ovi. True on that one. So let's preview these next three games, and we'll get to our interview with Dante, and then we'll cut up some local hockey, talk some Nats baseball, and get going. So tonight, at a struggling Toronto team, they're 6-5-2. They've lost three of their last four. Um, your obvious guys are leading the way. Marner has 3-12 and for 15. Matthews 9-4 and for 13. Tavares, on the other hand, 3-4 and for 7 so far to start the season. Slow start for the captain, but he'll... You know what he what you get from him, like yeah, night, it's so. gonna turn around. Um, wasn't what what, what he's also probably going up against. He's probably matching up against their number one. Yeah, line. he's probably try. He's probably more in a. And then they had some shit role. go down this past weekend in a game. I can't remember what it was, but it was a little physicality. But nobody answered the bell. And oh, I saw that. Um, there and Babcock was like, "Yeah, we got nobody on our team. who's gonna stand up to anybody." Yeah, I saw <laughs> he's that. like, "You got a bunch of triple Bs." So you're a roster of triple Bs. That's why they're not gonna go and do anything in the playoffs yeah, again. That's why. That's what happens every year. You're not out scoring teams every game and the Bruins too much talent not enough grit the Bruins the Bruins have a great Grit. combination Grit. of both of that dude not enough grit grit <laughs> not enough grit <laughs> but yeah the Bruins are gonna like yes yeah, the Bruins have them. exactly what you're saying but a little bit of this a little bit of that they have Pasternak then they have Marshawn to get in your face yeah yeah it's not not yeah um, not a bad little um, swing we have going here. It's only three games in the next like twelve days, so a good break. That um, I just got a notification on my phone saying you've been recognized as one of ESPN's top fans. Hey, there you go. So I can go on and comment every time and be like, as a top fan. Nice. I can say this yet. Yeah, ESPN thanks. commenter. Thanks, thanks everybody. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, so next, it's back home finally against the High Flying Sabers. They're nine two and one as of today, Monday. Uh, they have won four five and are led by Eichel, obviously with six ten and sixteen. Tendy Carter Hutton is six and one with the two point two seven goals against average. I'm pretty excited for this one. Yeah, Buffalo's hot. Buffalo's hot. That that'd be a huge win, I think. And they're gonna wear their sick unis against us. I think they're all whites. Oh, that's awesome with the white gloves. They'll never not lose another game. They keep wearing those. Why do you think they're off, off to such a hot start? I mean, it's insane. Yeah, nine two and one. The Buffalo Wagons. I'm trying to find something I can comment on, just so I can see my badge. But <laughs> are you playing in net for these two games? Holpe both, since there's a little bit of break. There's. I mean, it's what Leafs tonight. Not Buffalo. Not till Friday. Holpe, Holpe, yeah. Holpe, Holpe. Then or maybe definitely, even. Hopi, I definitely Samson want Holpe to go against Buffalo. Buffalo for yeah, sure. I want yeah. him to be in net for that. I think you play him against the Leafs too. I think you, maybe you play Samsonov against the Flames, Western Conference team. Maybe yeah. even go. Hope he just faced him. So yeah, okay. give Samson off. A, a yeah, knock that makes the most sense. Um, so as we mentioned, lastly, a quick rematch with the Flames. It'll be the fifth and uh, last game. Uh, of an Eastern Conference road trip for Calgary. So that'll be their fifth. That'll be the back end of theirs. And they're also coming off a back-to-back, so we're the second game in as many nights for them. They'll be in Columbus the night before. Um, that's tough. I mean, we're yep. going to see how we do tonight at the end of this five-game road trip. Yep. Um, and we've been away from home for a bit, but we're not coming off a back-to-back. We had some days in between. But with them, it's yeah, back-to-back side of the country road trip with a back-to-back at the end of it. Yeah, back-to-backs are always tough. So um, they'll probably be playing their backups, hopefully, for us. Yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> it'd be nice. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can get them tired. They got. They probably they won't have as fresh as legs, fresh of legs as we will. 
and hopefully we can get two points out of it. There it is. All right, I found a picture of uh, a video of what Russell Westbrook walking around with leather pants on oh, and a cutoff T-shirt. That sounds like a classic Russ uh-huh. move. So I just commented. I said, as a top fan, don't like him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't like the pants, Russ. Plain and simple. Um, so there it is, your three games that the Caps got coming up this week. Um, with that all being said, let's kick it over to Dante Abercrombie. If you check NHL.com yesterday, uh, there's actually a story about him on NHL.com. From He's from pretty much yeah, everywhere boy. around here. I mean, Gross. Yeah, Bucci Gross tweeted it out. It's pretty good stuff. So we'll let you tell a story of where he's gotten. It's part one because we got to talk a little bit before. I was like, yeah, they're like 20 minutes long. Um, he's like, all right, I'm only in the car from 6.15 to 7 anyway, heading up from one, one ring to another, as he does. And next thing you know, we looked down, it was 40 minutes later, and we hadn't got past high school hockey. <laughs> so <laughs> enjoy part one, and we'll get him back on in a couple weeks to finish it off. So here he is. All right, guys, we now welcome on a special guest, the newest assistant coach for the Stevenson University NCAA team, head coach, Little Caps U16 AAA team, and assistant coach at Georgetown Prep. Let's add in a scout for Ohio University. The list goes on and on. Washington, D.C. native, Dante Abercrombie. What's up, my man? Born and raised, that's right. How's it going, guys? Good, all good. So let's start there. We'll do current day coaching, and then we'll kind of work our way back through your playing career, youth hockey here in the DMV, all that good stuff. So we'll start Little Caps. Hired last April as the U16 AAA coach, as we mentioned. Um, kind of what it looks like, a program you've always strived to be a part of ever since your youth playing day. So I'll ask you first how that came to be. Did they reach out to you or are you to them? And kind of take us through that program in uh, general. So a friend of mine, he had um, he had interest in in coaching in the program as well, and he heard that the U16 team needed a coach, and he said, Dante, you know what, you'd be perfect for it, so you might as well reach out because they hadn't even put it up on any coaching boards or anything like that. So I sent an email. Um, two calls later, I had the job. It wasn't a long process at all. It was pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, you've got the background to kind of speak for itself. So kind of take us through that U16 team. I mean, looking at it, it looks like it's not the most ideal start uh, specifically, but what is it about your group that you think is um, special or that you guys can do to uh, turn the season around? So first, uh, I think we're through 12 or 13 games. We've only won one game. I'd say more than half of our losses are by one goal, one or two by two goals with an empty net. Uh, towards the end so the games are a lot closer and the record honestly doesn't doesn't speak well to the team that we have but I do tell them all the time I was like you know what we have lost the game so we still have a ton of work to do we didn't earn the victories we handed a few of those games away so we just need to show up to every practice buckle down and make things happen I'd say we have five or six returning AAA players everybody else is coming from AA they were all picked for a certain reason um, whether that's I saw little flashes of speed, skill, uh, tenacity, hard on the forecheck, things of those sort, and they're starting to come into their own. So I'm actually very interested to see what this next month and a half to two months looks like. So through mid-January or so, see what type of team we have then. Yeah, so you picked your type of guys. So talk a little bit about the relationship with the actual Capitals themselves. I mean, obviously Brent Johnson plays a huge role there as a goalie coach, but, I mean, in what other ways does the Caps, you know, impact or influence that uh, program over there? So outside of Johnny, um, we, we obviously have a tight connection. Obviously we share their names, share the same facility, share their logo. 
Um, I haven't seen many of their Capitals coaches or players coming to practice. That's something that I would actually like to see a little bit more of. But I know those guys are super busy. The organization has a ton on their plate. But maybe if it's something just sharing some of their coaching strategies, whether it's through paper, email, voice, something along those lines, I think that would be great. But Johnny's a great reference. Um, He played in the league. He played in – uh, obviously Washington and Pittsburgh. And it's funny. I remember Johnny from back in the, during the lockout when I used to skate with those guys and I saw him around the rink and I was like, Johnny, what are you doing here? Like, I didn't know he was in the DC area. And he said, yeah, you know, I'm goalie coaching. And he still remembers me trying, you know, trying to whistle pucks past him. Cause he was still phenomenal. I think he had a year or two left right. in his uh, career at that point. But yeah, I don't think that there is much of a on ice or visible presence, but I know a lot does happen behind the scenes with uh, little caps and the the big boy caps. And as you mentioned, I mean, the thing you would like to see is a little more kind of that on ice presence or just kind of getting a face out there. I mean, that would, in a way, just help that program grow because imagine being a AAA kid or triple a talented kid and deciding between uh, various programs and you say well the the caps are like literally on the ice with these guys why wouldn't i want to go try out here and you know tr- give this program a whirl so <laughs> it could and help. I, I think it, could it help. i think it even goes further than that i would say yeah yes that definitely helps but i think the coaching side of it and really coming out and being able to have we've had a couple symposiums where we've had their coaches come out and they've given us a you know this is a practice plan that we use and they walk through it why they do certain things I think a little bit more of that because I've been diving really deep into the obviously when I stopped playing I was like all right I'm still in love with hockey I have to figure out a way to make this really work let me try coaching and skill development I've been going to I can't even tell you how many symposiums and coaching clinics and talking to this guy and LinkedIn and Instagram, just reaching out to everybody. And one thing that I've noticed, especially speaking with um, some top end players and coaching and training some top end players, they didn't really get what they considered elite level coaching or coaching that really pushed them to be better, not just physically, but mentally until they got to college and some of them not until they got to the professional ranks. So I think if you can get those pro coaches stepping down into the youth ranks, everybody knows a 14 year old athletically is pretty much the same as a 14 year old in Canada as they are in Washington, DC. How is that Canadian kid going to be a better hockey player than the one in DC, better exposure to better training better coaching ends up with a better product in the long run. So we can help, uh, help the coaches in this area and not just this area, but all areas to be able to, to really impart some real knowledge, not just something they made up while they were on a toilet trying to figure out what to teach the kids that night. Yeah. In a way there's a limit to how far you can push a kid physically and train them physically. But in terms of the intangibles, uh, like you're mentioning is we'll take them a lot farther. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but four season now at Georgetown prep, uh, if it's that's what it says, there. yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's honestly, I still remember the first day <laughs> as if it was yesterday. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm so, pretty sure. I think this is the fourth year. Correct? Perfect. So two IAC championships in that time. I mean, but you guys still yep. kind of looking to get to that pinnacle, which is an MAPHL championship game. We all know how that league is, um, as yep. a coach myself in that league. So how does this year's team look? I mean, brand new jerseys have got to be high expectations. Am I right? It's always high expectations. I mean, it's Georgetown prep. What do you expect? Um, Honestly, we lost two big pieces last year with James Flannery and uh, Clay Lanham graduating. Both of them going on to play lacrosse in college. Both of them could have definitely played at least, you know, D3 hockey if they've gone on and done some. Player of the year, correct? 
MAPHL? Yeah, he did. Maple player of the year, and he wasn't even going to go play hockey in college. So there you go. Um, but they were just not great hockey players, but the leadership that they brought day in and day out, they nobody was going to outwork either one of them in any drill, and that's what you need. We have a couple guys that I have a feeling are going to step up and really you know, take and run with the leadership or the um, – whatever the, those guys left behind the, the just that culture of prep hockey. That's one thing that we really didn't have when we first got there uh, four years ago. Wow. I can't believe it was four years ago where, you know, they kind of showed up to practice. Hey, we're just going to practice club players. We're just going to either be better than everybody on the ice or we're going to lose the game. But the, the, the discipline, the structure, the, the studying video that John does video every Tuesday and, and he's sending clips back and forth to Denver and I like those little details are something that Georgetown prep hockey, at least to my knowledge, never had. And I think that's, what's really helped us become, you know, one of the top programs in this area for sure over the past four years right now looking at last season will you guys use that i mean i don't want to bring it up it was a tough playoff loss i mean it's a three goal lead there will you guys use that to kind of feed that into this season and be like look we got to build off of this or will you completely wipe the slate clean and um just get started brand new and just forget about it all and start as a new georgetown prep team we haven't really spoken about it as as coaches honestly i don't even think once since the game it was looking past the the task at hand. We were up on Spalding. I think it was two or three goals going into the third period. Uh, may have only been one. I can't remember exactly what it was. It felt like a massive comeback by them. That's why I'm saying two to three goals. But we go into the locker room. We come out, and Spalding's one of those hard, feisty teams. Right. Uh, I know a lot of kids on that team because I either coached them or coached against them in AAA. And you know, they just fought back. They earned that victory. But I think losses like that in our first year, we weren't playing as a team towards the end of the year. We had a ton of injuries. Our second year, you know, we were a little all over the place. We had a little bit of issues off the ice, Um, nothing, anything drastic or newsworthy, but just we weren't as focused on playing hockey as we should have been. And then, like you say, last year, we kind of had one of our better seasons, but let our foot off the throttle a little too soon. So I think all of those are lessons for guys in the program, especially this senior class, because they live through all of it. They understand exactly what it takes to win in this area and win in this league. And I really do think that, especially seeing the way they train, that they are prepared and ready to make a little bit of noise. Will it be easy? I don't think so, because there's a couple programs in this area that are stacked right. with talent top to bottom. Um, that just reload I do, every year, it seems. Yeah, it just seems like, all right, where'd this kid come from? But <laughs> but you know what? I, I've seen a lot of really, really good teams on paper do very poorly because things just don't mesh. The chemistry's not there. That's one thing we love about prep. The school's so small. Everybody goes to classes together. They eat together. It truly turns into a brotherhood slash family, and it's really hard to beat a team like of like of right. family members versus okay yeah you got this kid he's only here for a year that kid he may only be here for two years doesn't even really want to play with these guys Go anyway to whatever so. school up north and then do this and that but these guys are in it for the long haul so I mean last question on prep here you mentioned them it's a good friend of both of ours here a mutual friend so we're gonna rip them up a little bit uh, what's it like dealing with big shot radio host Minnesota. Hockey star, as he likes to be called, uh, John, down on the other side of the bench with you. 
I, I don't even know how he's coaching hockey. He, so the first time I saw him at the rink, he was using the wrong side stick. <laughs> he had bright green laces on because he swears he's from Minnesota, but uh-huh. people never know this. He's actually born in Michigan. Um, no, I'm just giving you crap. No, John's <laughs> a great guy. Uh, he's he's one of my best friends. He was he officiated my wedding. Like he he's that saw he's that, that yeah. close to me. Very cool guy. He um. He, when I tell you nobody works as hard as John, every single day I wake up and I say, if I can outwork John, I know I've had a great day. And I, I really do say that. Right. He's up at 3.45 a.m. 3.45, doing this, going crazy to the gym. schedule. And heading to the rink after work. And it's insane. And, uh, but, yeah, we like to give and, him a little bit does, of this and a little bit of that every now and then. <laughs> that's the oh, big oh, oh I, I, get, I, I completely give it to him <laughs> all the time. Like, But that, that's he's a true hockey guy. He's, I right. consider him a brother, and that's – that's how I treat my own brother, so that's the way I'm going to treat John as well. Perfect. So your newest, but no, no, he's he's a he's a great guy. He's, oh yeah. uh, he is he is. I won't say the driving force. Danver does for that program. Right. I don't think anybody ever will know. But John is is really the 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 glue kind of that keeps it all together. Everybody loves what he's doing. He's always there with a joke. Always there with a great sure. saying. Always there to buy Pedialyte for the boys <laughs> when they're when they're sick for the bench. You know, right. he, he does it all. Yeah, we've had him on here before, and then me and him like to have a little fun at um, some MAPHL meetings. Um, we won't oh, get too oh, far yeah. into that, but uh, yeah, those are always so newest adventure in the coaching role, yep. Stevenson assistant coach. I mean, NCAA D three hockey. What's your excitement level now joining a college program, and in a way, still helping a program grow as they are rather new as well. Yep this this senior class, I believe, if, if I'm, my stats aren't wrong, is the inaugural freshman class. So these guys have kind of just like my guys over at prep, they've seen the entire program start and kind of turn for the better. Um, I'm extremely excited. I can't even explain. It it still doesn't even feel real showing up to the rink. It feels like I'm working with, I hate to say this, but anybody, anybody that's really been in hockey and played or coached at a high level knows what I mean when I'm getting ready to say like, this feels like hockey now. It doesn't feel like, okay, I'm really teaching and having to take you know a very raw player and turn him into a hockey player these guys are pretty polished they're the best they're ever going to be you're tweaking a little here a little there but you're really taking what you have and making it all work for the better of the team on the ice day in and day out that's that's exciting showing up to the rink every day everybody's got a smile on their face everybody's positive everybody works their bag off it's there's no negativity or toxicity in the locker room um these guys hit as hard as you will see anybody hit in the game in practice injuries happen all the time that's 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 the hockey that i know and more recently um competitively as a player so that's why i'm like this feels like hockey to me um but that that came out of nowhere it was I was on a, a hockey coaching website, just always checking the message boards and checking the job postings just to see what's out there. And I saw they had an assistant coaching job open. This was in like June and it wasn't even supposed to be posted according to the coach. So I said, all right, I'm already signed on with little caps. There's no way I can actually do this, but let me put my you know name in the hat possibly for, yeah. right, for, ne- for next summer. And I knew I definitely wanted to do skills. So I said, yeah, I'd come up there once, uh, once or twice a month if possible and work skills with the team. You don't even have to worry about paying me. I'll do a completely volunteer, all this other stuff. So he said, all right, well, uh, Coach Dawes, he was like, yeah, let's speak again in September once you know we get everybody back in town. Went up, met with everybody. And he said, you know what? It, 
it's, we would love to have Get you here for bench. skills. But, <laughs> but yeah, you, you also seem like a perfect fit for us coaching wise. And there is still a vacancy as the assistant coach. Would you be willing to do it? I was just, I made a quick call, um, check with the wife and check to make sure that the little guy could have somebody to take care of him during the day. And that was it. Signed on. I mean, my days are hectic. Yeah, it's just like, honey, busy, I now have to go to four rinks a day instead of three. Um, exactly. <laughs> on the and, top- and one of them, one of them's an hour away. Right. So on the topic of NCAA hockey, um, yep. you grew up in this region. You know how it is. I mean, right. as did us here. But um, we see NCAA teams now with Stevenson, both men and women. Do you see potential for another program to – make the leap in the NCAA? And if so, I mean, is there enough talent in this area or potential talent that we can almost fill a roster with a good bit of DMV hockey players or is it would still be an outsourced type of um, roster? So I hate to uh, – so I'll go with that last question first. It will 100% be uh, filled with players not from this area, right. but it's not because the, the kids in this area can't play. It's just Resources. we don't we don't right we don't have enough players in this area to all want to stay here and then also still go play elsewhere. You have kids from Minnesota, Michigan, and Massachusetts on everybody's roster across the country, NCAA D1. But you look at Minnesota, you look at Michigan, and you look at like BU. You look at their roster, most of the kids are from that state. That's just because they're saturated with top-end talent. Um, we don't have that type of talent in the D.C. area yet. But I know, you know, back in the past, this was all hearsay. University of Maryland was potentially supposed to be getting a D1 team um, with the whole arena change uh, from, I think it was Coalfield House or whatever right, field house right, it was. Right. They were going to turn that into a rink. Um, there's some other ACC or teams in this area. Like there's tons of them that should be able to field a D one team. It's just a matter of making sure that they can honestly fill the seats. Sustain if, it. If, also, you, right. know, you can make the jump, but you're looking at a three or four year window where you at six years from now, it's, can you keep that up? I mean, exactly. Now I will say the black bears come into town. Everybody says, Oh, there's a rivalry between team Maryland and little caps. I don't care about rivalries. My whole goal was coming in this area was, or coach starting to coach, come back home to coach was to help this area grow period. I don't care whether you play for me, play at Gonzaga, even though that's my alumni. I mean, my, uh, right. My, the school that I graduated from, um, the math it doesn't matter to me. Team Maryland, Little Caps, Montgomery, Reston, Ashburn. The moment people figure out that us holding these grudges and having these rivalries and, oh, you can't do this if you play for that team or this team, you're holding the area back. You're making this area worse or at least just keeping us stagnant because you can't get over your your petty whatever it is. And it sucks yeah. that it's adults that exactly. are screwing this up I mean, for the kids. The rivalries are great. Don't get me wrong. As in right, yeah, when I said product, rivalries, I, I mean, should have oh, been yeah. like, yeah. But the, it's the, the, the political pettiness. Yeah, I mean, the rivalry's on ice. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can't beat a Georgetown prep landing game on a Friday night or a Gonzaga the Matha game or anything like that in nature. It's just to hold it Well, you already know back. who's going to win those two. Georgetown well, Prep's beating Landon and exactly. Gonzaga's beating the match. There you go. We already know how that works. You. But, I mean, you can't <laughs> fault the kid for an affiliation, uh, knowing how skilled he is. But it, it is what it is around here. I mean, that's the political part of hockey I don't think will ever change. But back when there wasn't politics, we'll go to there. A young Dante, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in Washington, D.C., as a young African-American kid. I mean, how do you get into hockey? Um, I mean, I'm very good friends so with my, I know his whole yeah. backstory and everything. I'm love him to death but 
his story is interesting, but everybody's story is interesting. How do you get into hockey growing up in Washington, D.C. and starting a sport that kind of isn't everybody's first choice? So my mom was the person that got me into hockey. My grandfather is a, you know, an, an old basketball player, would have played in uh, college. But, you know, back in those days, it was, you know, get a job or go into the Army for most black Americans. Um, so fast forward to my mom. She said, I don't want my son going to, I hate to say this, but the schooling in DC public schools is not that great. So she put me in private schools. She wanted to make sure that I was exposed to as many different sports outside of the norm for a young African-American black kid, especially male in Washington, DC. So she put me in swimming, gymnastics, violin, um, tennis, all these other different things. So and kind of learn, try learn until to you skate. like it or it, find exactly. something until it fits. I'm not going to put you in a mold and say you have to be a football player or a basketball player. I'm going to expose you as much as I can and let you choose. So she put me in Learn to Skate. Uh, I think it was like four or five years old over at Fort DuPont. A hockey game happened after one of my Learn to Skate with toe picks and spinning around cones uh, lessons. And I said, Mom, I want to do that. And boom, signed me up on the spot. And, and, you know, she never looked back. It was with Coach Neil Henderson, who was just nominated or it's getting ready to be inducted into the USA Hockey right. Hall of Fame, which is NHL phenomenal. award nominee just two years ago. Yep. yep. He, he is – I mean, I had a conversation with him the other day. He almost cried on the phone when I told him about Stevenson. Um, when I tell you second dad, like outside of my grandfather, he and Graham Townsend are the two individuals that have done the most for me, not just in hockey, but just in my life in general. Coach Neal giving me my start, showing me what matters, um, how to dress when you're going to the rink, the type of character building that's necessary, um, and then just the love of the game. And then Graham Townsend showing me the business of the game and then also being a, a role model of somebody that played in the NHL, Jamaican-born, and also coached right. in the NHL as a skills coach. So I've, I've been lucky to, along the way, um, create opportunities to meet individuals like that but yeah it wasn't the norm most kids were going to football practice from my school and i'm walking out with full gear on with Head my to tennis fort. shoes yep heading the heading over to fort dupont so, and I, I love it still so love that place you speak of the fort and you speak of prep school so let's talk about it let's it's gonzaga i mean you went there you go there you win championships there it is not just I mean, gonzaga it's gonzaga college high school gonzaga yeah, college high school yeah exactly the gonzaga college high school i mean i know you coach at georgetown prep now but gonzaga the perennial program in terms of high school hockey uh in the area what what was that experience like there at gonzaga i mean like i said m- multiple championships between the mshl and aphl purple puck championships i mean what was it like playing in that program I mean, well, technically, I do still coach at Gonzaga. You know, the entire coaching staff I either played with or coached. Well, um, that's that's one but, thing too. I'll jump in real quick. It's the cool thing about yeah. Gonzaga is every time we play them and whatnot, it's just all former players there. All former players, all alumni. That, that's the Gonzaga way. Everybody loves to give back. There's no place like Gonzaga. I will say that. But you know what? I see it at prep as well. But um, and we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, so Gonzaga was great. Uh, they didn't have much of a hockey program at all when I first got there. It was the fledgling program. It was the Mount St. Joe's and DeMatha running the area. But our freshman class was, you know, just loaded with good character individuals, Spencer Smallwood, Justin Johns. And year by year, we started to, 
I, I started on JV because I decided to play football my freshman year for the first time ever in my life. That was a dumb decision. <laughs> but, you know, um, next year I played B2, leading scorer, following year, technically made B1, but still played B2 and was called up multiple times throughout the year. So I didn't play top tier varsity until my senior year. But that team was absolutely loaded. I think it was four or five players from that team ended up going to go play D1. Uh, Patty Kellen, Billy Rivellini, uh, Michael Clemente, Andrew Panzarella, uh, you know, tons of players went on to play or not tons, but two or three players went on to play professionally. It, that was the most competitive practice um, that you could ever expect in this area at that time. Michael Clemente didn't like getting scored on. He went on uh, to play at USA program, national program and, and at Brown. Uh, it was to the point where we had to hide his equipment in the ceiling tile sometimes just to get him to loosen up because he was so, you know, amped and, and I won't say high strung. That's just goalies. But that's yeah, that's how they are. Yeah. But he was he's just a, he was a great guy. He came in as a freshman and stole the show in this area. Patty Cullen, we already know what he's gone on to do in the sport. Um, but, yeah, we just we just won. And it wasn't pretty. A lot of the times it was two to one, three to two, one nothing games. But we just we loved each other a lot. Um, we were always hanging out and we just got inducted into the the Hall of Fame at Gonzaga for being the first hockey team to win a championship. And we all showed up and it felt like, you know, it, it was back then all over again. Everybody was, you know, given you think I give John crap. See how we <laughs> you, were giving you it to back each with other. Those teams. So your team was yeah. technically at fault for starting the snowball effect of Gonzaga winning every year. Yep, three in a row, then I think one year off, and another but, three in a row. And, and you're still seeing that talent coming out of there. I mean, it's insane. Like I said, it's it's they're, they're the program that's it's a reload. It's not a rebuild. It's every year. It's a, who do we got coming in this year? Let's reload it. I mean, you're seeing guys at NHL talent now, like Don Bass, who was on our show just uh, yep. a couple episodes ago, who was just <laughs> drafted by the Blackhawks. He's going on from there. So you go through Gonzaga. Um, well, hold on. Let me let me talk about Dom real quick. So okay. Dom, Heck yeah. I met. So obviously, first year coaching at Prep, uh, our first game against Gonzaga. Um, I'll be fully frank. I'll tell you exactly what I told the guys at Prep. I was like, all right, these kids over at Gonzaga, they haven't won since I stopped coaching there. Like I was really just, I was trying to get the guys fired up. But I saw Dom in warmups, and I said immediately in my head, this kid school. reminds me. This kid reminds me of a freaking Clemente, right. and. Just, just the way he approached the game. We had a goalie, Nick Platice, who also, you know, he could have gone on and played wherever he wanted, but he really wanted to focus on his studies post high school. But this kid looked like Nicky at, I think he was a sophomore at that time. And Nicky graduated. He was the best player in this area also uh, when he graduated. But I went to Dom a couple weeks later because he was playing Team Maryland. I saw him over at practice and I told him about Clemente and I gave him his information. I said, you need to contact him because you're on that same track, that same route. I want to make sure that you're taken care of and you're prepared for that. That's just the Gonzaga way, I guess you could say. Um, But ever since then, he came in as a, a backup slash split for that sophomore season and he took it and ran. And like I see, like you say, he just got drafted. Freaking Crawford's in net up there. I don't know who else they have behind him. For now, but he's I going mean, to have, he's going to have a chance to play. He's going to have a chance to play in the NHL within five years. Now, whether he whether he continues to develop, who knows? Everybody knows it's a crapshoot when you get up to that level. Uh, it's, you got to be really lucky. Injuries and not just to yourself, but people ahead of you. Uh, getting the right games at the right time. Like all these things have to happen. But the kid works his bag off. 
he's always been a professional, by the way. He, uh, you know, is at the rink, and he won't even know that I noticed all that because we had very few interactions. But I'm telling you, this kid's a pro. He, he's definitely going to make it. If not in the, in the NHL, he'll play some A games, go over to Europe, right. and make some money. So I guess we'll just stay on the topic. Might as well. We're cruising through it. Of So you coached at Gonzaga for a bit. I mean, you still, yep. like you said, you help out there now. Um, why? Well, actually, I don't. I, I don't help. I mean, the coaches well, call every now and again. Every just, now and then, yeah, but they call to ask, pick my brain about. I don't this think and I that. really but, asked this yet. But what brought you to Georgetown Prep? I mean, why not go back to Gonzaga? Um, you know, where you went to school and the program you won championships with. Um, I mean, obviously, you love Georgetown Prep. It's a great school, uh, great team, and everything. But just what brought you to Georgetown Prep, and just what kept you from, I guess, going to Gonzaga full-time as a coach? Intern John, 100%. Um, and, and the story is, wow. so that summer I was training and got a call from the, the head coach in South Carolina with the Stingrays, and he said, you know, Barry Trott sent me your information because at that point I was still playing or looking to play. He said, Barry Trott sent me your information. He's watched your videos. He, you know, it seems to be pretty keen on you, and we would like to invite you out to uh, main camp training camp for the sting race in the coast and um i was like oh of course let's do it so getting tr- you know training and all this other stuff i get back home probably like a week week and a half before camp i start getting emails from i can't remember the coach's name but he was saying you know put a hold on your travel because we may be going to alaska for our preseason and we can't bring everybody and if that's the case we'd have to put you on hold until we got back um, I said, okay, that's perfectly fine. Training camp started a week later. My wife, now wife and I found out that we were pregnant with Patrick. And I said, you know what, Dante, do you go and play in the coast or potentially play in the coast or, you know, be the dad that you always wish you had? And I said, that's not even a question. 100%. I'm going to, you know, hang him up and I'll figure out what I'm going to do after that. Uh, John called two, maybe three weeks later. Hey, they need some coaches over at prep. I just got contacted because his good friend, uh, or sorry, you know, Eric with the Kane show, he's, he has connections with Georgetown prep. And he was like, Hey, is there any way that you'd be interested in coaching? And, and John was like, I know the perfect guy. Let me see if I can get him." And that was it. Like we jumped in yeah, probably a week or two before the season started. When he stole the story on here, when he first went to the Georgetown prep program, he said, yeah, I just kind of went to a program that just didn't have a lot going on. And that was in a place of needing some help and there was opening. So we just kind of went in and got at it. Yeah. The coach quit right before the season was supposed to start. They talked to Danver, who was the varsity soccer coach and mm-hmm. was like, Hey, you played hockey growing up. He's like, yeah. He's like, you want to coach the varsity team? Like, All right. Might sure. as well. I'm already coaching soccer. <laughs> it, and that's in his yeah. fall season. This is winter. So keep me busy. Um, yeah, I know, but don't, don't just think Danver's a soccer player. He could have played oh, D3 hockey as oh, well. Yeah, he's he a, definitely he, great guy. He knows his, he knows, he knows his, his stuff. stuff. I mean, obviously, um, God, I feel like we have so much shit to get into here. <laughs> um, but you got to get to the. I mean, so tell me about the show, minutes. like real quick, real quick. Tell me about the show, because, like I said, I still got like a little bit of time. Yeah, so I love we've already you, decided I love what this you guys is, are doing. This here. is already we've already decided it's going to have to be a two part episode. I mean, we still got a lot to get into, and this, this conversation has been great. So we're chirping DMV. We're a podcast. We started it um, back in April, back when the Caps were going through the playoffs. Um, me and a couple buddies here, we. Uh, Grew up playing in the area, played public school. We played at Huntingtown. Um, high school guys, I mean, I played at Bowie. The other couple guys played at Bowie. The one went and played at P-Pats. But we're born and raised here in the DMV. We love playing hockey. Um, yep. I coach. I've been coaching the last three years down at St. Mary's Riken. 
Yep. Um, so just, we wanted, I mean, we're a couple guys that like to hang around and just talk hockey. And we're like, well, why don't we just kind of do the same thing we're doing now on the couch, having a beer or two, and just do in front of a microphone and l- let people listen to it. Because we're, we're always keeping up on the college stuff. I mean, obviously, with me coaching, I'm keeping up on the high school stuff all the time. And then just kind of one day bought a couple mics and got it going and we're just the point is to get everything out it's something that we didn't have growing up here in the area it's something that you want to ride to practice to and listen to like man let's 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 listen to this and see if they mention us as the team of the week or see if they talk about our win streak last week or something this side or the other just because i remember we that's what we used to do we'd ride up to the buoy rink or ride down to the capitol clubhouse down there in waldorf just four or five of us just stacked in a car ready to go to high school practice and then you leave high school practice you're going an hour and a half the other way for your travel team's practice and then you're getting home at 11 30 12 o'clock at night after you haven't been home since you left at 6 a.m for school that day so it's just kind of giving people a look at everything that has to do with hockey in the dmv i mean we're trying to get everybody people on here that have every outlook on the sport um in the area i mean like we've had intern john on we had don bass on um we've had we did an episode the other week with shane willis down from the carolina hurricanes former hurricane player and now does a lot with the sled hockey team down there which was an incredible story um just yep. local tammy um who was up I, say, I saw you guys had tammy on yeah so just kind of giving people giving people a platform in the area dmv hockey which is you know not considered a massive hockey region but it us here know it as one, but people outside of here do not. Um, so giving everybody a platform uh, in the area to just kind of tell their story, how they came up in the DMV, whether it's coaching or being a parent or influencing or playing or this, that, or the other, and just kind of their timeline of where hockey in this area is taking them. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like I'm so happy you guys are doing this. It's needed. I hope the uh, the kids get a kick out of it because you know they get to, like you say, be the the team of the week or the, yeah, the star of the, the like month I, or whatever. Talking about us today, or if we had a bad week, or say we won two big games this week. Hopefully, like those guys just like say something about us kicking the shit out of the math. You know what I mean, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. But um, yeah, we're doing college, uh, a lot of college. I mean, once high school gets started, uh, we're real pumped to get into some high school hockey. Um, covering the few junior teams that are around here, and yeah, just talk, also talking caps, obviously. Yeah, I haven't been able to watch a caps game yet, but I know they're going to pull it out. They, uh, I think, I think I don't know, maybe not this year, but they have some some pieces that I think are really going to help um, in the future. I like that big defenseman Alexiev or whatever his last name is. Yeah, we've. Got- I like that kid they just picked up in the first round. He can fire the McMichael. He can fire oh, yeah. the bill. Oh, yeah, and we're he can rip it. Such a good organization in terms of developing talent. When you look at guys yep. like Burkowski and Vrana and uh, Tom Wilson, just to name a few, obviously because those, those were the studs. Those are the studs. I mean, but just in terms of drafting these guys and building talent that you don't see in every single organization in the league. Um, so, yeah, it's fun to get in. It's fun to deep dive the Caps. I mean, we're obviously diehard Caps fans. So, I mean, love to watch every game and break them down and talk about them. And it's, you know, why not uh, the same same concept? Just put it on a platform for people to listen to and just kind of give a different take than um, what most of your average, I guess, say, media and uh, that type of stuff are talking about. Yeah, I agree. Now, what do you think about Carly in this, in this point streak? Or not this point streak, but leading the league in points. you think he's going to keep it up? He, he obviously definitely will. 
Uh, will he get snubbed for Norris again? More than likely. Because um, it's going to be the same three guys that get voted in every year. It's going to be Drew Doughty could score seven goals and ten assists this year and probably make top four. But every, I mean, it's like every year you look at it. But I mean, this year he's in top. He's in that company, that elite company of him, Bobby Orr, and Paul Coffey as like the three defensemen to ever score more than eighteen points in by October as a defenseman in NHL history. So you look at that and you're like, well, that's cool. And then next next game he goes out and scores two goals, and he's got two more in October. So I mean, the guy's going to end the month with probably. 25 points close to if he has another two assist game in Edmonton tonight and does something tomorrow against Vancouver but it's insane I mean you love to see that grow especially a guy that two years ago was in in talks of is he going to leave us is he going to stay can we get him on that hometown discount uh what's the deal but I mean you look at it the big the, the key word is the window and the window for the caps has been open for a lot of years but we've won that cup now and you look at it, it's like all right, the guys are getting older. Um, we've won our Stanley Cup. How much longer are we going to be able to sit back and truly enjoy all of this? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just – I still think they have uh, three years, three to four years of dominating hockey. Oh, for sure. Especially the way the, especially sure. the, way the league looks right now. For sure. I mean, yeah, we still got we still got our years left with our big guns in terms of Ovi and Backy. Um, you never know what's going to happen this offseason with Holpe. Um, but, I, I mean, even if those two were to, say, leave after four years and they're done, and but you still got your core of Vrana, who's going to be a stud by then. You still hopefully have Oshie around. You still got Kuzi around. You still got just all that talent that you've been developing and building for so long. Yeah, so I agree. Like you said, uh, you're off to you're from one wing to another, one rink to another, I should say. Uh, we'll end it yep. here, but this is obviously. I mean, we still have a lot to talk about. We didn't get past high school hockey, <laughs> um, so <laughs> we'll, we we didn't even get past high school hockey. But so we'll follow up here in a couple weeks. Get you back on for part two. Get into that pro career. Get into some other stuff. I mean, New Zealand. We'll just leave that out there for everybody because that's got to be something. <laughs> that was kind a blast. Of, yeah, exactly. So there's probably oh, plenty yeah. of to talk about about that. So we want to. I appreciate my buddy Marquise for getting you on here. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, Dante. Um, very awesome interview, and um, best of luck this year with all of your teams. I should say. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, my man. We'll talk soon. Yep. Take Have easy. a good one. All right, thanks again to Dante for hopping back on. Awesome interview, like we said. Um, can't wait to have him back on. we got a lot more to tell. We didn't even get into pro hockey in New Zealand, coaching in some Jamaica. Um, so let's get into a local hockey. Let's do these college power rankings. So who wants to start at 10? A.B., you want to go 10? Kyle, you 8, me 7? There from that, go from there. Ten, eight, seven. What? Ten, what? nine, eight. Ten, eight. nine, eight. <laughs> Badges ring around the table. Whoa. Hey, just yeah. Ten, nine, eight. It. Let's go. Seventy right. six. Oh. One, two, three, four, five, sixers. <laughs> Wait, you said you're clap nine your hands. <laughs> you got nine. Okay. Unless we want to go like this way around the table. It's nine. clockwise or counterclockwise. So I'm nine. No, I'm not. All right, cool. I'll be eight then. All right. All right. Get her, get her going, AB. Great radio. Number ten. We got Navy D1 sitting at 6-4-0-2. Oh, uh, they got two wins this weekend, a 6-3 win over Lehigh and a 3-2 win uh, over William Patterson. Uh, that was a hard-fought win as uh, their their tender saves 34-36. Uh, Ooh. KP, number nine. At number nine, we got Christopher Newport, ACHA D3. 
They're looking at seven and four on the year now, dropping down one. Previous rank was eight. Highest rank was eight. So just dropping down one. Um, so not, not I mean, same with our number eight team, Virginia. I mean, two teams had a bye week. Uh, or Christopher Newport and Virginia both had bye weeks. Virginia's got another bye weekend next weekend, so they're taking two weekends off. Um, am I right for assuming that if you take a bye, if you have a bye week and don't play any games, you're going to drop in the rankings if a team behind you heats it up a bit? Yes, yeah. that's correct. Okay, good. So don't let them come at me like that. All right, number seven, A.B. All right, number seven, we've got Salisbury sitting at 6 4 and one uh, they dropped two spots mm. as they lost this weekend, four yeah. to two to Stockton. Uh, next weekend they're coming up there on a bye weekend. See, you can't be having these buys, especially when you're getting into November. It's hockey season, man. Uh, Kyle, number six. At number six, we got George Mason looking at seven three zero and one on the year. Previous rank was nine, so they bumped up three. Their highest rank was six, so. Back at it, the highest they were up. Uh, looks like the Smith Show had a good weekend. Uh, got some tough matchup coming up at number four, George Washington, next. Yeah, it's going to be a nice old chirping DMV power ranking showdown like we had for them uh, at the time last week. And it was number three, Stevenson, versus number nine, George Mason. As we mentioned, George Mason goes up there. I mean, just beats him. Beats him bad, 9-2. Um, Smith Show, like you said, five goals. So they've won six straight since that uh, tough start they've had. So They're on a heater. Not number five, Stevenson, the team we just mentioned, they were 6-1. and one. They dropped both games this weekend. Um, so they slide down two spots. Uh, lost to Mason, as we mentioned. Lost at Drexel. Uh, they got a road game, uh, road weekend next weekend up in Vermont. So AB, number four. Uh, we got George Washington at 5-1. and one. Uh, They jumped up a couple of spots. Uh, they were previously at Six. Now they're at four. Uh, they have George Mason coming up, as you said earlier. So that'll yeah. be a number great number four versus number six. That'll be a good one. Good that'll matchup. Be a great there. matchup. We'll see if uh, George Mason continue their winning streak or if George Washington can slow them down. Uh, their re- their weekend results. They won ten to three this weekend over the Navy D two team. Uh, KP next up. Number three. At number three, we got Virginia Tech, ACHA D2, at 9-2-0-2 on the year. Previous rank was four, so bumped up one. Two good wins this weekend. Got a 5-1 and one high point coming up this weekend, so another tough matchup to defend, defend number three. Yeah, I'm, I hate, like I mentioned in the blog, I hate I hate to cheer for him uh, as a West Virginia guy, but, I mean, the, the – the, the Hokies down there are just showing us love, man. I mean, we had Morrison in the Instagram DMs the other day pumping us up. He's sharing he's sharing uh, the stories or the episodes on his Insta story, and he's kind of, he's chirping us. He's talking shit. He goes, why didn't you put my fucking shorty in there? Oh, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I was that. looking at the Twitter. So it's like, if you want to chirp us and talk shit, we'll go back in there. We'll edit it, and we'll just blow, blow your spot up. So you get some love. Um, number two, Liberty. I mean, one and two have been the same all year, but they flip-flop again this weekend. Uh, nine and two, the HTHA D1 team was 9-0. and uh, They went up there for a top five showdown. I believe in ACHA D1, they're Liberty's four. Adrian's number one. Uh, they lose both 3-7 and 0-1. So they get their first two losses of the year. Tough weekend for them. And at uh, number one, we got Liberty D2 at 14-1. and They've had a great season. Uh, they beat Lindenwood 3-1 on Friday. Cincy 4-3 on Saturday. And UMass Amherst five four on Sunday, so a huge weekend for them going three and zero against three pretty tough teams around the country. And yeah, next up they have a bye weekend, 
So, uh, yeah, they'll be sitting at number one or number two. They've been looking really good. Yeah. So there it is. Some high school, I mean, uh, some college hockey. We're going to get into high school hockey. Our uh, Chirp and DMV, our top 10 power rankings. So let's get into it. We'll start with high school. Um, the season's here. It started. Uh, big games. Uh, some big ones going down this week. We've got defending Howard Conference champs Marriott's Ridge taking on Mount St. Joe's uh, from the MAPHL. Uh, Friday night, uh, there is... 17 games around the state uh, in just the MSHL. So, state runner-up. Last year, Wooten gets their season underway at home versus Damascus. Marriott's Ridge will, again, take on an MAPHL team in Riken for the third year in a row at the Capital One Arena. After a Caps game, um, like I mentioned, 17 games. Go to any rink in the area. You're going to see some action. Mid-Atlantic Prep Hockey League, they're underway officially. St. John's and Calvert Hall, as we mentioned in the scoreboard rundown, they kick off the season. St. John's a few days removed from their season opening uh, preseason win in which they beat Churchill 7-2. Kyle, the team you were talking about, the Bulldogs, they've won like, what, five straight state championships? Yeah. The MSHL, it's just, they've been good forever. Just, they just win, so that's all I know. Yeah, they have a good, they have a um, good organization. Yeah, there. so 7-1 win at home over Calvert Hall. Quinn Kennedy with a 2-1-3 night. Dimitri Kemriu with a 1-2-3 night. They lead the way for the cadets um massive one tomorrow tomorrow's wednesday we got a rematch of that wcac championship game last year at wcac capital um the two teams that finished one and two in the regular season last year it's the matha st john's um that'll be a very fun one to watch uh st john's i think coming in with a bit of a chip on their shoulder as i mentioned rematch of wcac championship last year uh st john's lost that game in overtime off of a, like a clap bomb from the point that Hit one of their dudes up high and bounced in. Oh, so it was a fluky bounce goal. Huh? Fluky bounce goal. So seven two and one record last year. They got upset in the first uh, round by St. Albans. So they'll be looking to get the goal in this year. They'll be guzzling. So there's your high school hockey. Anything to add? I mean, it's that time of the year, like we mentioned. It's like first week in November. It's you're starting to get your exhibition games on the way. You're starting to play some non-familiar teams, trying to get your name out there to solidify yourself as a state contender yeah we we mentioned the frederick tournament last week on the pod uh we didn't mention the purple puck that was one of my favorite oh, tournaments. I mean, always great that, shout out that's john cotton up. yep that's uh that's coming out in december that'll, that'll happen in december it's over christmas break yeah yep. yeah so last week december. that's one of the funnest tournaments to go oh, it's awesome to play two halves yeah some of the best teams in the country down there we got yeah. two banners there hey how are you no not bad so yeah <laughs> so yeah you're getting you're getting started you like you said you're trying to play these <clears throat> kind of outside teams outside of your conference that you're going to be stuck with uh, for the rest of the season. And like I said, if you can go out there and get a big win to start, we see a lot of comp, uh, cross league, league crossing games between the MAPHL and MSHL like we see every year. Yeah, try, uh, really kind of trying to plan out the end of your season, honestly. Yeah. So you're going to see how, how, how good they Where are. Where could you possibly fall against yep. this team? Um, so let's go through some junior hockey quick. I'll just go to the scoreboard since it's a long episode. We won't keep everybody too long. Maryland Black Bears spit at, or split with Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Uh, they lose a 3-1 third period lead uh, in the game one. Then they score with 10 seconds left to force OT. Eventually lose. Um, the next day, however, they would come back and get a nice 5-2 victory for a three-point weekend. Um, second week, weekend in a row down in the U.S. PHL, uh, P-Pats travel to Hampton Roads. Um, second weekend in a row, like we mentioned, in Hampton, uh, or Hampton as well. Uh, Premier Division teams would split. Hampton won a 2 Potomac won 4-2. And then in the Elite Division, Hampton wins both games by the score of 6-1 and 9-3 uh, to improve to 8-5, 0-1 on the year. So let's get into it. Team of the Week. Kyle, let's start with you. Who's your local team of the week? I'm going to take Navy D1. Uh, had a nice little weekend sweep over Lehigh and William Patterson, so they're getting hot. Two big wins. I mean, yeah. last weekend they were winless. This weekend you answer back with the sweep. Um, maybe. 
Uh, I'm going with George Washington University. Uh, big 10-3 win over Navy D2. They got a big test coming up this weekend, so we'll see how good they are against George Mason. You making a prediction? Who are you taking in that game? Hmm. Gross and the Patriots with the Smith Show in town. Hey, uh, at George Mason or an upstart George Washington team that if I have to make a prediction, only won eight games last year, but they're five and one. If I have to make a prediction with George Mason on the six-game win streak, I think I think George Mason's gonna pull this one out. Over on their four and a half goals for Cam. Oh man, I don't know. I think I'm. Picking the under, but I'm picking, I'm picking the I'll under, pick but over I'm picking two and a hat trick. Over two and a half, hat trick, but going over two and a half, under four and a half. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to rock with St. John's and uh, the MAPHL, like we mentioned. Uh, you want to get off to a fast start. You want to start spreading your schedule out. Um, at least when I coached, I didn't want to jam up games late in the season, so I'd like to get a League One game done right away, and that's what they did. Playing in October, beating Calvert Hall, they had that win under their belt. So just in case something happens down the road um, with some injuries or something or some snow delays, that they've already got those two points solidified. Um, and then, like we said, they beat the MSHL uh, State Champs in Churchill. They beat them pretty handily, so that's my team of the week. So now, end of the episode... Let's do our bullshit. A B, let's start with some NHL three stars of the week, or we want to do some bronze bucks first. Uh we'll do we'll do the three stars of the week real All quick. Alright. So John Carlson. The NHL. Obviously they always put out their three stars of the week. For their third star, it was Brian Elliott of the Philadelphia Flyers. He went three and this week with a two point oh two goals against average and nine thirty three save percentage. Uh he's three and one on the year. And uh, he only has six appearances. Obviously, they have Carter Hart over there. Uh, I think he's been struggling a little bit. He's getting that like sophomore slump a little bit. Um, but our, our boy Dan, he he threw out a stat the other day that said that showed basically Carey Price, Danny Silves. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, that's our boy. He said Carey Price, as a uh, 21 year old sophomore, was also slumping a little bit. So don't freak out long term, Philly fans. Um, so yeah, Carter Hart will be fine. He's only 21 years old. He's a starting goaltender. He's just done. Was he third star? He said no. Bri- Brian Elliott. Oh okay, gotcha, yeah. So gotcha, that, gotcha. that's good on Philly. At least they have a backup who's right. stepping up for him. Exactly. And uh, yeah, on the year he's posting a 2.28 goals against average with a 9.26 save percentage. Wow. Not a bad start for Brian Elliott. Until Seconds, he plays the Caps. That's a good point. Hammer score nine. <laughs> Second star of the week. <laughs> Roman Yossi, one of oh. my, he was one of my Norris favorites to start the year. Uh, I didn't, I, I, I thought he would be in the running for it at least. Um, with Subban gone, he'd get more attention over there. Uh, he, but he got, won't win it. he got two goals. No, not no, he won't. Who? Roman Yossi. He won't win it. He won't win. He the can't. Norris. Yeah, that's already been won. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he, but he got two goals, four assists, six points in three games. He's second in the NHL uh, in the NHL defenseman wow with five goals eight assists 13 wow. points he's, wow. he's kind of close to carlson not really kind of like he's seven only, games away he's only eight points below carlson's looking at him in the rear view yep carlson might take a couple games off just for the heck of it uh teammate ryan Rillis also ryan <clears throat> ellis wow ryan ellis also has 13 points uh they're the first defensive teammates to post 13 points Ooh, in the first 13 and 13 games. on the they're one and two what? 13 points for both their top two defensemen? Yes. Damn, yes. that's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I'd love to see that. First time since 92. Uh, for any team was, or for the Predators? For any team. I, okay, I kind of figured that's an interesting stat. Yeah, come on, Orloff. And Phil Housley yeah, fuck. and Frederick Olison oh. with the Winnipeg Jets. Hey, now. And the first star of the that week guy. is the rat of the NHL. Mm. Brad Marchand. Fire it up. He's had a he's, one of my favorite players to watch. He's uh he posted three goals, five assists for eight points this week. Uh, he's on a ten game point streak right now. 
Had his fifth five point night. Have five five point nights in your career. Fifth of the season? No. Oh, career. I was about to say, holy <laughs> fuck. Yeah, he's rolling. I was yeah. confused there for a minute. So uh, he and Not Poss- using my brain thinking. And he and uh, Pasternak were the first Poss set of Bruins. Poss has been making stupid oh, yeah. plays lately. They're the first set of Bruins to post five in the same night. Uh, the last time it happened was in 2001. Who do you think happened, did that? I don't know. 2001. Boston Bruins. <laughs> oh, uh, 2001 Boston Bruins defenseman. No, not defenseman. Just anyone. Five point nights. Two Yager. Two teammates. No, not Yager. It's definitely not Yager. Come on, guys. We can't put this in the Give episode because we sound like idiots. To Joe Thornton and Glenn Murray. What? That's exactly who we said. Clip it in. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, I'll go around with the uh, point and goal leaders real quick. The points leader. David Pasternak with 23 points on the year. He's uh, two above McDavid, Dreisaitl, and our boy John Carlson at 21 points. And Brad Marchand's right behind them with 20 points. And uh, and the goals leader is David Pasternak once again. He's got 11 goals on the year so far. Uh, James Neal. Obi's coming up his butt, though, so just saying. The real deal James Neal has 10. I think uh, that little... That little bump from McDavid. That little two-goal game where he had six goals obviously helps. Yep. <laughs> I mean, what was that? Uh, what was the the conditional pick or whatever that they made with uh, the Lucic? It's something that has to do with pl- – no, it's he it, had with sc- each other. 20 goals, I think yeah, it might James have been. Yeah, James has to score 20, 20 goals. goals. Here he has 10. Yeah, like. <laughs> they're probably real tight butthole <laughs> in Calgary. And uh, Braden Shen, Austin Matthews, and OV are sitting at nine. So uh, oh, he's just gearing up for a hat trick too. The goal, there, so soon enough. the goal race is starting off with some uh, new names. I would say, like you usually don't see Braden Shen up there. James Neal. I mean, he's he's a goal no. scorer, but he's not he's not usually in the top three or four. Right. Usually the guys that fall off. Yep. Midway. So we'll see how we'll see how that continues. Um, Bruns Bucks. Bruns Bucks. Uh, how did last week go? First of all, so. Put last some money week, on the table. Last week, if you took all of them just money line, we went three and two. Okay. But you sprinkled puck lines. I line. sprinkled a couple of puck lines in there, and we went five and two, five boys. Five and two. So, AB, pretty good week. Five and two, seven-game pick. Um, I think you said you have like 45 picks for us today. <laughs> yeah, I do have a lot. All right, so. let's see what we got here. All right. Um, so, with a nice five and two start on the year, we'll start on uh, – so, for tonight, we got – the Bruins versus Sharks. I love the Bruins in this. Uh, I have a money line. Maybe sprinkle a little puck line depending on the cost of that money line. I usually don't bet anything over minus 150. So if it's over minus 150, take a look at the puck line. Uh, and I have the Oilers at the Red Wings money line. Uh, it being an away game, the money line should be a little What cheaper. is that? Is it out? Is the line on that out? The lines what are not that I didn't see them. Okay, you're just assuming it's going to be good and yes. take it. Yes. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I like the confidence. Uh, can try it out. Wednesday didn't like many games there. Thursday did not like many games there. Friday, uh, I like Hurricanes money line over the Red Wings. Mm-hmm. Again, if it's above minus 150, maybe sprinkle puck line. Mm-hmm. And I like the Avalanche over the Dallas Stars. Avalanche are off to a hot start. Uh, Dallas Stars not so hot. Um, again, depending on the prices, look at the money line or puck line, depending on how much it is. Depending. Saturday, I love the Bruins puck line versus Senators. 
in Boston? In Boston. Okay, like that. Is it like an early start game or anything? Is there like any cool factors that play into that? Like uh, a three o'clocker? It might be a three <clears> o'clock <throat> game. Then I'll one hundred percent. Then you one hundred percent take the Bruins. Right. Just a random bullshit Saturday two o'clock game. Yeah. Uh, hey. Let me buy time. Venmo. See if this open. happens to be a two o'clock game. No, it's not. Bad radio. Bad radio. Okay. Uh, Seven o'clock game. We'll skip to that and. Uh, I like the Predators puck line versus the Rangers as well on Saturday. Boom. Bingo. Rangers are also aren't good. They aren't. Predators going to take down Uncle Hank? Predators are very good. Oh, the king of New York. I Don't be coming so. into his castle. King of the castle. That's the 2 o'clock game I was talking about. Was king the of the castle. Predators, Rangers in Nashville, 2 o'clock game. Bruins, Senators are 7 o'clock. Uh, that's uh, pick number 5. Actually, that's pick number six, and pick number seven. Our last. Oh, what do we got? We'll be on next Monday since these episodes drop out Tuesday. Good night, Jim Kite. Next next Monday, Predators once again, puck line at the Detroit Red Wings. Red Wings suck. I think they started off three and zero, and I think they lost every game since. I think they're on an eight game losing streak right now. Bingo! There you have it. Bruns Bucks five and two last weekend. Um, that's seven Bruns Bucks. All right, let's get into some more news. Let's keep on cruising. Maybe you got a few things around the NHL that you want to bring up and talk about. Yep, just some teams that are currently streaking right now. Uh, the New York Islanders and the Barry Trotz-led New York Islanders. Oh, naturally. Uh, they're on a solid seven-game win streak right now. Everyone Ooh, everyone thought that seven's they... Seven's a good number. Yeah. Everyone thought that they were going to fall fall back this year because there's a lot of talent around the NHL. I mean, New Jersey, everyone thought they were going to be good. Um, Carolina, uh, Montreal. I mean, there's a lot of bubble teams right there. We thought the Islanders would be a bubble team. They're showing that they were no fluke last year. Yeah. Seven-game win streak. Barry Trotz, greatest coach. Steady as she goes. Barry Trotz, you know who's doing it, man. DC legend, Stanley Cup champion, the best coach we've ever had. Uh, The Florida Panthers. Besides maybe Glenn Hanlon. The Florida Panthers (laughs) are on a solid eight-game point streak. Oh. Which is not bad. Eight-game point streak. Okay, okay, okay. Not eight-game win streak, eight-game point streak. Okay, okay. Not a bad start. I mean, they've actually lost like three or four games in overtime already. But yeah, but they hate, you hate to keep dropping those. Yeah, Just consistently dropping overtime yeah. games. Yeah, it shows it's like a point to point, but fucking got to figure out what's, the gas. what's going on. You don't there. have the clutch team. Hit the kill switch. But they're getting points, and they're keeping themselves in the race. <laughs> uh, That's <all> you need <laughs> um, the Sabers. Uh, obviously, they're off to a nine and two, nine two and one start. So they're one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. Until the Caps beat them, yeah. Until repeat the... of last year. I mean, how long is that going to last? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not that long. Maybe all the Caps the... kill them on Friday. All the... very well. All depends maybe. on the goaltending, man. All depends on the goaltending. That's true. And we have some uh, disappointing news out in the West for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, you hate to see it. Tarasenko out for at least five months. He's going to have shoulder surgery. And uh, they will reevaluate in five months. So if they're only reevaluating five months, I don't know how long that means he'll be out. Yeah, that's going to hurt for the Blues in their scoring department. Yep. Uh, they're going to have to have somebody step up, and who knows? Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, he had like a four-point night the other night. He's, I mean, he can he can carry a team I on his back. Guy. Yep, he can definitely carry the factor as they call. Yeah, him. but five plus months that sucks. Yeah, for a guy that scored I think thirty plus in so, the last three seasons or yeah, something like that. At least. Assistant goal scorer. Um, yeah, you hate to see it. Um, any other news uh, that we got uh, in terms of the NHL? Uh, that's all I have for now. And um, streaking? That's all I have for now. Streaking, as in boobs. Well, they didn't necessarily streak. Boobs, as in baseball. They flashed. 
the Nats are down <laughs> three to two after we were two and zero last episode. Um, three straight losses at home. Game five saw us a, a nice set of New Yorks get dumped out right there behind <laughs> home plate. Love a good set. Some of New good Yorks. New York boobs. We're out and about. KP, what do you think of? The Nats. <laughs> or boobs. <laughs> what are your thoughts on both? I mean, the Nats kind of had a little hiccup there in game so five. With Nats first, okay. Had, had, Scherzer, later. had Scherzer not come in, had a little issue with uh, his back and spasms in the muscles, you know, a little craziness. Joe Ross comes in, can't get the job done. Maybe uh, it's a miracle game, and then he gets. I actually thought that, that's what I was thinking coming in. He was gonna have a miracle night, but I actually thought definitely he didn't. Pitched okay. He pitched. He did pitch well. decent, decent, and the ump was definitely calling everything Garrett, Garrett Cole's way. So that kind of hurt us as well. That there was a couple strikeout calls that definitely were balls. Balls. Uh huh. But I mean, coming coming into game uh, six here for the Nats, we got. I mean, you're going Strasburg, Scherzer in game six and game seven, so yeah, you've Scherzer goes good. seven. That big, that feels good. That's a big if. Yeah, he's a yeah, he's a big if. We got to get to seven first a off. Stras, we will. Stras is going to. Stras will win us the game. Stras is definitely going to dig deep and go seven. He's got to pitch seven. He's got to pitch good. Yeah, the bats have to come alive. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. In the World Series, Rendon has not done much of anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Strauss no. does if we don't find. If we don't runs. hit, if we don't score at yeah, least five runs, true. we are R.I.P. in peace. I mean, three done. three runs over the last three games, and what did they score? They scored four, eight, and seven. Yep. So. I mean, Jesus. Are those rally boobs? Hopefully. Hope, I mean, hopefully. I mean, what was that the eighth inning? Two sets of them. It was late. It was definitely late. Did Both you see the ladies got banned from baseball yeah, stadiums you, you for the rest of their night? lives? Which is fine. I love that girl. Watch the baseball game in my house. Wonder if, if you the want. girl from uh, <laughs> Cap Stanley Cup victory if she got kicked out or uh, anything like that. Showing boobs, know. maybe. I don't know. The baseball girl was like tweeting about. It. She's like, "Yep, that's what me." If the NHL is pro boobs and MLB is non pro boobs against that's boobs. A, that's a good point. Which is not, it's not maybe good. that's racist. DC yeah. is just a city with boobs <laughs> when it comes to Game Five and Major city League boobs? Sports Playoffs. Just, major League Sports Playoffs games. Now we got game boobs. Five, it's Nats are gonna ride it just like the Cavs got boobs. at the end. District of <laughs> Game Five boobs. It's setting um, <laughs> District of yeah, Championship in, boobs. Indeed, a new narrative. Um, so if <laughs> give me more, it, it gives me more of a reason to want the DC teams to make it to the championship each year because hey, Game Five rolls around. You're seeing some tits. <laughs> I kind of forgot that that was game five for the Caps, too. Yeah, yeah game, game five, five moves. That's it's funny. every year a DC team now makes it to the championship. Where I'm counting on game five. <laughs> <laughs> as the most electric game of the series. Oh, man. That's um, awesome. So that pretty much does it for everything. I mean, Kyle, you have to go start watching Peaky Blinders, as we mentioned. That's a great they, yeah, they start I'm going to go check it fucking. out. Oh, I did fucking Shelby. Um, I got nothing else. So, anybody got anything they want to chime in here? This episode might be two hours now. Yeah. No, just want to say uh, thanks to all listeners out there. Keep on listening and uh, give us the feedback. What you want? Keep chirping, boys. Uh, we'll see you next week.